0: is a disaster. A podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I thought I'd try a somber one like we just discussed. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sets a different tone, although yeah. maybe not the appropriate Friday. one for the uh, <laughs> Tragedy Tuesday that I'm bringing you today. <laughs> <What> <laughs> for once, it's inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, like I just said, you're joining us for a Tragedy Tuesday today brought to you by me. Uh, by you, before, Peter, and I'm Lee. Uh, that's right. I forgot to introduce us. I'm I'm Peter and I'm here with my co, well, I'm not here with my co-host Lee. Hi, I'm Lee. I'm not here with my co-host Peter. Yeah. See, I screwed everything up. I went for the somber tone and I just, eh, everything you know, went out the window. We're you know? just winging it. That's how we do it. It's the summer. This room is super hot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can't, I can't think. It's a good thing that I have notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I heard that it's like 33 degrees in Ottawa.
1: Yeah. And it feels like it too.
0: That's Celsius for our, That's. Uh, yeah. American listeners. It's, yeah. It's not, not only freezing. our American listeners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. So anyway, like I said, Tragedy Tuesday. Before we get into that, a little bit of housekeeping. Welcome if you're new here. If you're not new here, also welcome. Welcome, one and all. If, if you're looking for like where to start listening, we recommend the beginning because, I mean, today, case in point, we don't make inside jokes, but I reference previous episodes. And today I reference the first episode we ever recorded. Wow. So if you want to be completely in the know about everything that we talk about, Start there, work your way forward, binge, enjoy it. And if you like what you hear, best thing you can do to help us out is to tell a friend to listen. The next best thing is to subscribe and leave a rating or review. Those are very helpful. Uh, You can also keep up with us on social media at This Disaster Pod, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, on our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com, and on our patreon.com slash Pod, where you can become a patron, get bonus content like micro disasters every two weeks, and other good stuff. And with that, on to today's Tragedy Tuesday. Take it away, Peter. I hate cardio.
1: Oh, yeah, me too. Good. I was doing some today and literally saying, I
0: hate this. (laughs) I just thought I'd like get, just put that out there up front and it'll, it'll come back. Okay. That, that's, uh, that applies to your, uh. Yeah, it applies to what's to come. It's not
1: just a non sequitur for, okay. No. I get it. it, I get it. It's a sequitur. It's a sequitur.
0: (laughs) Is that? Yeah, I guess that's, sure. Sure. It's completely sec. (laughs) Winter. in in 490 BC about 60 years before plague would rock Athens mm. episode one I told you uh-huh. right at the beginning right off the bat the Greeks faced off against the Persians during the first Persian invasion of Greece mm. long story short the Greeks thrashed the Persians but the Persians were wily <laughs> legends had it They sent a ship from the battle towards Athens in the hope of showing up, declaring Persian victory and subjugating the Athenians and eventually all Greeks. Okay. Which is kind of, it's an interesting feature of ancient warfare. Like the fog of war was pretty expansive. You know what I mean? Uh It's it's like in modern modern day conflicts, you can, you basically have pinpoint accurate GPS and satellite imagery. There's no secrets on the battlefield
1: anymore. Everything's out in the open and...
0: Yeah. There's no, like when it comes to planning things, it's like, okay, I, well, I I shouldn't say that because things are always different when you're on the ground, but at least like, you know, pretty much exactly top down what you're getting into and the status of any kind of conflict. You know, the score before it happens.
1: There's no send a
0: man on a horse to deliver the message to Abraham. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Old name. But. But you know, like in in which, like when you take that into consideration, this Persian Hail Mary was kind of a legit strategy.
1: So do I, do I understand this correctly? They were losing. Yeah. But they sent a ship to say, so we won. Yeah. So bow down. Basically. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) I mean, what, what are you going to do?
0: Like it's, there's no, there's no cameras. There's no satellites. Uh,
1: Fake news. (laughs) Well, it's my word against yours. I say we won. Right. I mean, the, the Persians are oh, here. Sucks. Yeah. Right.
0: If, if the Persians had lost, they wouldn't be
1: here. They're here. You're here. Your head is still attached
0: to your body. <laughs> Who am I to argue? Exactly. <laughs> but the Persians didn't count on Philippides. You never do. <laughs> <laughs> Always underestimating Philippides. Oh, I know. <laughs> Every time. He spotted the ship and sent the 490 BC equivalent of a text message to Athens to warn them. Oh, yelling? Which is to say he ran nonstop the nearly 40 kilometers or 25 (laughs) miles from the battle to Athens. Okay. Shedding weapons, armor, and eventually even his clothes along the way (laughs) so that he could just make it to Athens. Probably shedding tears and blood and sweat as well. (laughs) I would be because I hate cardio. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you did mention that.
0: (laughs) So he ran all the way to finally burst into the assembly in Athens and proclaim, we have won Before collapsing and dying. (laughs) He did? Yep. (laughs) Oh my God. He ran himself to death. (laughs) Oh, for the greater good. There he go. (laughs) That battle, the battle that ultimately led to the Greeks repelling the Persians and Philippides' death by cardio (laughs) took place in Marathon.
1: I was gonna ask about a marathon and I'm glad I saved
0: it. Forty kilometers, not a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> so huh. the ancient Olympic Games date as far back as nearly seven hundred and eighty BC, with events such as javelin and discus throw, wrestling, sure, foot races, boxing, and some horse based events. Chariots. But probably lots of chariots. Probably lots of chariots. That's what mm-hmm. I picture. There's a lot of history around the Olympic Games, and I didn't spend a lot of time on it because that's not the history of the games isn't what we're focused on, but it's about some Olympics. So I'm gonna talk about them for a second. Oh.
1: Okay, okay.
0: The Olympics were also a religious event, which involved worship of the pantheon of Greek gods, Mm. chief among them Zeus. Sure. There was also ritual sacrifice, so I imagine you'd probably want to do well in your event.
1: It's a good uh, motivator.
0: Yeah, I imagine (laughs) a lot of the running-based events were probably running away from the (laughs) priest with the the (laughs) dagger. (laughs) Yeah, that'll get you moving. So the games were held every four years, which is known as an Olympiad and used by Greeks as a unit of measure of time.
1: Ah, interesting.
0: They peaked around the 6th century BC, but their popularity declined as the Romans gained influence in Greece. Kind of makes sense. Occupying force, not a priority. Wiping away culture. Yeah. Oh, cool gods you have there. I'm just going to take those. Yeah. Zeus, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. no, no. So the Olympic Games lay dormant for centuries until in 1859, Evangelos Zappas, a wealthy Greek-Romanian philanthropist, sponsored the first modern Olympic Games held in a city square in Athens. Okay. The desire to bring them back stemmed from the Greek War of Independence from the Ottoman Empire in 1821, which kind of sparked interest in returning to some of the ancient Greek traditions. Mm. Athletes at the first modern Olympic Games were from Greece and the Ottoman Empire, which... Okay. Might have been awkward since typically wars get the name of independence when they're successful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... What are you guys doing here? <laughs> well, you invited us. Mm. <laughs> uh, shortly after these first games, Baron Pierre de Coubertin was inspired to found the International Olympic Committee in 1890, mm-hmm. which is nice of him. Like this one guy kind of starts the Olympics and he comes in and was like, oh, this is really cool. We'll just, we'll take it from here. So... <laughs> yeah. Cesars now. I got this. Yeah, we're, we're good.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of work. We we got it. We got it.
0: The original organizers are like, hey, you're not going to like corrupt this pure display of athleticism and camaraderie, are you? Oh, no.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. no, 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 no,
0: no. Come on. <laughs> um, the first IOC organized official Olympic Games were held in Athens in 1896 and featured 14 nations, 241 athletes, and 43 events. So there uh, there was a massive investment made into the Olympic facilities in Athens, and many expected that it would be the venue for all future games, Mm. which would make sense. But, you know, the IOC was like, oh, no, 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 no. We will make successive (laughs) countries spend ever-increasing amounts on elaborate facilities that will be abandoned and fall into disrepair virtually (laughs) the instant the games are finished.
1: Yeah, we'll have it in (laughs) these impoverished... holes yeah. and uh, build an insanely opulent stadium and then we'll fuck right off
0: right is it going to serve <laughs> any practical purpose after that oh no oh no no. <laughs> no, it, no it will go to seed as they say no no rio doesn't have a big long jumping history <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope maybe they do i don't know either way after this strong start and sore shoulders from all the back slapping <laughs> the olympic games stumbled <laughs> on their follow-through mm. The 1900 Paris Games, which took place during the Paris Exposition World Fair, were not nearly as successful as the 1896 Games. Okay. Also, mini sidebar about World's Fair. I don't It's come up a bunch, but I didn't really know much about it. Mm. Those were large international exhibitions where countries show off their achievements, essentially. Right. You know, they're fairly common in the 1900s. First ever World Fair took place. Actually, first one took place in Prague. Okay. In 1791, to celebrate the particularly sophisticated manufacturing methods of the Czechs at the time. Wow! So you're you're welcome, 18th century world. <laughs> there you go, big flex <laughs> um, for you. And they really got going in the with the 1851 Great Exhibition in London, and apparently they actually go on to this day. I had no idea. World's Fair, world, yeah, world, world's fairs, world's fairs, world, world, world fairs, as. Not as successful as the 1896 games as the Paris games were. Mm. They were not quite as bad as the 1904 St. Louis games mm. or St. Louis games who would attract only 650 athletes and nearly 90% of those were from the U.S.
1: Yeah, we're talking the St. Louis that I... St. Louis, the, U.S. In, in, yeah. In, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. In Missouri? It's got that big arch.
0: That's... Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. McDonald's. <laughs>
1: different, I'm loving no? it. they
0: yeah, I'm la- <laughs> So the low point of these games and maybe of the Olympic games in general began on August 30th, 1904 at 3 p.m. Mm. when the starter's pistol went off for the men's marathon. An event named for a man who ran himself to death. Exactly. Not Many people
1: know that.
0: Let's, let's see how this one goes. Let's see how this goes. By the way, if there are any runners listening, I'm not one of them, but I know some runners. If there are any runners listening, you'll recognize that we're already not off to a great start Typically, marathons are scheduled to start in the morning to take advantage of cooler weather.
1: Oh, what did you say at 3 p.m.?
0: 3 p.m., yeah. Oh, that's... So, afternoon, <laughs> typically the hottest part of the day. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah, and wouldn't you know it, the average temperature at the start time of this marathon was about 30 degrees Celsius or 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, good Lord. So, <laughs> already not to a great start, but that's actually not the worst... That's not the worst part. Let's just keep going. Okay, that's... So the course consisted of five laps of a stadium and then a prolonged run along a dusty road in oppressive heat and humidity (laughs) and finally ended back in the stadium. (laughs) I love that. Not a lot of modern marathons taking place on dusty roads either. (laughs) They have to run
1: the stadium and then run outside the back where there's a bunch of like pallets and fucking broken bottles. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> they ran through the city and then came back. But that's amazing. That's the setup. Okay. So already not a great start. Starting at three p.m., mm-hmm. running through m- m- most of this marathon took place throughout the dusty roads of St. Louis. Okay. In honor of our recent episode about Duke Nukem Forever, episode forty-nine, let's talk about the DNFs first. <laughs> yes. William Garcia and Sam Miller, which were both seasoned runners, were nearly killed by inhaling dust kicked up by the cars that were driving alongside (laughs) and inevitably in front of the runners throughout the marathon.
1: God, he couldn't clear the traffic.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, Garcia actually suffered serious internal injuries from breathing the dust and was found collapsed by the side of the road. (laughs) And Meller was actually leading the marathon until he had to pull out because of what I think is known in the medical community as dust lung. Dust lung. Probably. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. So those were those were two casualties to the dust. Mm. Then there were Len Tao and Jan Michiani. I think that's how it's pronounced. Sure. They were the first two black Africans to compete in the Olympics, okay. which was a milestone. Right. They were from the Tswana tribe in South Africa and happened to be in St. Louis for the World's Fair. Okay. They essentially joined the marathon on a whim, but they were also uniquely qualified because they actually acted as message runners during the Boer War, Mm. which had just wrapped up in South Africa in 1902. Right, right, right. So if they can run through bullets, I think you can run around (laughs) St. Louis.
1: Run leisurely. (laughs) I'm going to apologize right now for Peter not saying St. Louis right. Is it St. Louis? Yeah, I'm just going to just ignore him.
0: (laughs) Motherfucker. (laughs) Look, pronunciation. Okay. It's 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 all <laughs> in the, it's it's in in the, it the beholder. St. Louis I know. I say oh, I see that Cajun? word, I say Louis, but it's yeah. You know, Saint Louis. That's how they say Mother. <laughs> okay, well whatever. Again to our American listeners, Fahrenheit, St. Louis. Pretend <laughs> I've been saying St. Louis this whole time. <laughs> We're practically French up here, so you know, we have a different yeah. <laughs> outlook. So anyway, um, Len and Jan, they only managed to come in ninth and twelfth though, okay. despite their qualifications <laughs> of being message runners during a war. Right. They probably would have done better if they hadn't needed to deal with feral dogs chasing them way off course during <laughs> the course of the marathon. Uh-huh. So I I think I'm going to give them credit and say that they would have done a lot better if it wasn't for the rabid dogs chasing them.
1: Nice. Even in a, in a race, they would have
0: to run for their lives. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Next, there was Enderin Carvajal, a postman from Cuba who was a last minute entry into the marathon. Okay. He was dead broke from gambling all of his money away in New Orleans, Oops. and he had just hitchhiked into St. Louis in time to enter the marathon. <laughs> so essentially, this like, I'm going to win this marathon and pull myself
1: yeah. out of this rut.
0: <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like the bar for entry into the Olympics was a lot lower in 1904 I mean, as well. you just show up. <laughs> you want to run? Cool. <laughs> in the back of someone's pickup truck.
1: Right. <laughs> Can I be in the Olympics place? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Can you run? Yeah.
0: He actually didn't have any athletic clothes, so he had to cut the legs off his pants to make them look like shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. And then he was off to the races. (laughs) Right. Literally. Literally. The problem was Enderin hadn't eaten in almost two days Mm. when the race started. (laughs) So you can sympathize with him for stopping at an orchard during the race to gorge himself on apples.
1: Oh, that's not good.
0: You can probably also understand that in his hunger, he didn't notice that most of them were rotten. Oh. And then you can definitely understand that he spent the rest of the race retching, (laughs) napping, and feeling generally unwell. (laughs) That is a handicap. Still, he maintained generally high spirits, talking with spectators, and even managing to ultimately come in fourth. Wow. Which is kind of impressive <laughs> in an Olympic marathon. That's kind of amazing. Basically, like you said, rolled out of the back of a pickup truck. <laughs> yeah. He's just
1: used to feeling like shit.
0: And odds are, if he hadn't messed around with the apples, he probably he would, would have, have set have, a new world record yeah, at this time. Yeah, taken the day. <laughs> but enough about the runners-up. Let's talk about the winner. Yeah. Fred Lores. So he crossed the finish line first, got his picture taken with Alice Roosevelt, eldest daughter of then President Theodore Speak Softly and Carry a Big Stick Roosevelt. Sure, sure, sure. And was just about to put his head through the loop around the gold medal when he was called on his bullshit. Oh. Because it turns out Freddie cramped up after about 16 kilometers or 10 miles and hitched a ride <laughs> back to the stadium in a car. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but Amazing. Again, this being 1904, the car broke down with about 10 kilometers or 9 miles to go. So Freddie jumped out, skipped like those 11 kilometers, and just jogged to victory.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I probably you can run faster than that car or whatever it was.
0: But also, again, 1904. There's no iPhones. Like, what nobody knew until like the last second when somebody was like, "Hey, wait a second! I saw that guy in a car." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was (laughs) no. When he was called out about it, he admitted immediately and got a year long ban from competing. But he actually returned to win the Boston Marathon in 1905. So it turns out he was legit. He just kind of...
1: (laughs) Just why waste energy when you don't have to?
0: So he didn't really win. The real winner was Thomas Hicks. Okay. With about 16 kilometers to go, he was way in advance of any other runner. I think he was like three kilometers, about two miles ahead of the second place runner at that point. So all he wanted to do was just lie down and take a break. Okay. At this point, he 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 could afford it. He was crashing hard, but he's like... Leaving everyone in the well in the dust.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's where that comes from.
0: Hicks trainers kept prodding him to keep going, but ultimately it was a losing battle. Like he just he was passed Right, right, right. So Hicks trainers did what any good trainer would. <laughs> uh-huh. They fed him brandy mixed with strychnine. Mini, mini sidebar about strychnine. Do a, yeah. In case in case you don't know. <laughs> strychnine is an extremely toxic compound, generally used as a pesticide against rodents. Yeah. When it's inhaled or absorbed through your eyes or mucous membranes, it causes muscular convulsions, ultimately leading to death by suffocation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So there was a time, though, when strychnine in small doses was thought was thought to be beneficial due to its seemingly energizing effect by causing muscle convulsions. <laughs> okay. And that time was roughly in the early 1900s. Yeah. Specifically around 1904 (laughs) and the Olympic Games in St. Louis.
1: (laughs) Specifically in the month of August.
0: So with the strychnine short-circuiting his nervous system, Uh Hicks pressed on Uh briefly Uh until the strychnine (laughs) caused him to hallucinate and eventually lose control of his legs.
1: Okay. So it wasn't such a great idea.
0: Well, miraculously, he made it back to the stadium But at that point, his trainers had to hold him up and carry him across the finish line while his legs spasmed uncontrollably (laughs) because of the fucking rat poison he drank along the way. Sure, sure,
1: sure, sure, sure. Laced with alcohol.
0: That Hicks resorted to a Brandy and Cirque 9 cocktail was likely due, at least in part, to the fact that the organizers only provided water at the 10 kilometer or six mile and then at the 20 kilometer or 12 mile mark. Huh. So only two places that you could... Drink at all, right? I don't know if you've seen a modern marathon, but it's like every four feet,
1: yeah. Pretty much, it's a thing you do you pass out water or Gatorade,
0: exactly, yeah, or or brandy with strict or brandy you know? with strychnine just to get you mo- mo- motivated, just just keeps it going, just <laughs> yeah. keeps it going, you know. <laughs> it makes your limbs move, yeah, it makes you run away from those spider bats that are chasing <laughs> <Exactly>. you. <laughs> Why only two? Widely spaced out opportunities to drink along this dust covered road yes. in 32 degrees Celsius yes. heat. You might Why be wondering. Indeed, yes. Well, the chief organizer of the Olympic Games claimed it was to test the theory that dehydration could improve athletic performance. <laughs> that was a theory from a bar one night. I
1: think dehydration improves improve exact sort of performance. We should put that to the test. <laughs> That is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think, and also this might, this is a callback, but I think him and Anatoly Bukreev, I don't know if you remember him from the- From Chernobyl. Ever. No, that was Mount Everest. Oh, Man, there's two Anatolies. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out there's a few. What? <laughs> so I think him and, and Bukreev should exchange notes on the false sense of security that elements necessary to human survival give us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you remember, Bucreve was like a guide- for uh one of the parties climbing Mount Everest in 1996 mm-hmm. and he did it without supplemental oxygen because he believed that climbing with supplemental oxygen gives people a false sense of security right <laughs> And, and not just a real sense of <laughs> being a, alive to make it back from. A real sense of being safe. <laughs> not, exactly. <laughs> anyway, check out episode seven and a half, yeah. Tragedy Tuesday. Yeah, not the uh, dum But the thinking is very similar to this. Like, I think, you know, I think dehydration could improve athletic performance because you don't need water for anything other than survival. Exactly.
1: If you have the real, like a
0: proper motivation, yeah, that being to survive and not die, I mean, that'll <laughs> get you moving. That and strychnine in your brandy. Oh, yeah. That'll, that'll yeah, get yeah, yeah. Done. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, in all, 14 out of the 32 competitors in the marathon finished the race. And the winning time was by far the slowest winning time in the history of the Olympic Games.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Not shocking. The winning time for this marathon was three hours, 28 minutes, and 45 seconds. Okay which I gather is about 30 minutes slower than the second slowest winning time in history. Oh, really? it's about 30 (laughs) minutes off the pace for- For the worst. For the slowest time (laughs) to win a race. 30 minutes worse than the worst. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Gotcha. I think the guy who uh, hitched a ride had a, the right idea. He's like, "Fuck, oh, yeah, I'm that's, not going to go choke on dust and fuck this. No, I'm out of here."
0: No, that's me. I'm going to get in this car Zip. and choke the other people with, with the dust. <laughs> yeah,
1: eat my <laughs> dust, suckers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, the moral of the story, yes, as I take it, is never run, it will literally kill you. Mm-hmm, exactly.
1: It uh, it's unpleasant. It it almost hurts. Yeah. And uh, I'm never happy when
0: I'm, de- I'm I'm happy when it's over, but I'm never like,
1: oh, it feels like, it, fuck. Well, that.
0: see, okay. The problem is, yeah, like I don't get, I don't get that like runner's high that people describe. No. I do always, I'm glad that I've done it after I do it, but getting onto a treadmill or like getting, going for a job, do, getting myself to do it yeah. is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But then once I've done it, I'm like. Yeah, that was an investment in my future.
1: <laughs> yeah. But in tiny I just tiny increments.
0: Can't no, get started. No. <laughs> it is awful. It, it, it stinks. <laughs> Maybe I should try strychnine and brandy. Yeah. That'll get your legs <laughs> pumping. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, I feel like there should be a name for that cocktail. <laughs> Thomas Hicks. Give me a Thomas Hicks. Give me a Hicks. Yeah. Straight <laughs> up. <laughs> Poor me. God. It's all one. So anyway, that, that was the 1904 Olympic marathon. I enjoyed that very much.
1: And I enjoyed hearing about the origins of the word marathon or the, yeah, the term.
0: Now you know. And the man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for the music, I, I totally did basically what I'm listening to. And you probably know what it is because I've been listening to it on repeat for the last week. Um, there's an artist named Andrew Hulshult.
1: Oh, yes, 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 yes.
0: So he, uh, he most recently, he did the music for the Doom Eternal DLCs. Yeah. But I was going, just randomly popped up, probably not randomly, because I watch a lot of Doom videos, but. (laughs) YouTube. And randomly. Yeah. uh, YouTube fed me this (laughs) album that he recorded in, or that he made in 2016 called, uh, well, he called it IDKFA. It's a, it's a full remake of the songs from the first Doom. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's friggin' sweet. It, it's it's awesome because they sound like well, the, the song that I picked is, well, I mean ironically, it's it's called Untitled. Yeah, I'll, I'll link to the exact song in in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the song's called Untitled. It's one of my favorite tracks from the Doom uh, soundtrack. Uh, and what I like about this album is that basically it sounds like how I remember the Doom music sounding. Right. If you know what I mean. Like it's a
1: beefed up version, but yeah, in in your head back then it was. Totally.
0: Uh, Like, you know, you listen back to it now, and yes, I I recognize that it was like meaty files coming out of my tiny computer speakers but it felt like this album sounds. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no other game had music like that at the time.
0: No, exactly. Um, so anyway, the, the whole album's amazing. I picked Untitled, but just go. And if you, if you have any kind of like memory of playing Doom, just put this album on beginning to end and it'll take you right back to being however old you were in 93 yeah. playing the first Doom. Yeah, it's sweet. So that's my music, that's my Tragedy Tuesday, and thanks for joining us. Yeah. If you liked what you heard, the best thing you can do to help us out is to tell a friend to listen. Just serve them a Tom Hicks. <laughs> And tell them about our podcast. (laughs) They'll have no choice but to listen to you because you will have the face of a tarantula. Exactly. (laughs) I'm assuming because Strychnine makes you hallucinate. The next best thing you can do if you aren't already is to subscribe and leave a rating or review if you haven't. Those are very helpful. We love hearing from you. Uh, If you want to keep up with us on social media at This Disaster Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out our website www.thisdisasterpod.com and our Patreon.com/slash This Disaster Pod, where you can become a patron, get uh, tons of bonus content every two weeks. We're going to be starting uh, well once we're back in the studio. We're going to be doing live streams of our recordings again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we also have some other uh, additional content in the works that has basically been on pause since the pandemic started. We, like, got it to a point where it's like, okay, let's do this. E- nope, can't do it. Okay, yeah. well, we won't. We'll just we'll just keep waiting. Yeah. There we'll sit on that but I recently heard that Ontario is like 75% vaccinated with the first dose so we're getting yeah, there yeah we are getting there it's good news soon, yeah, yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. I like it but yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much all I had to say unless Lee you yeah. got no I don't have anything to add very good podcast okay. today Peter thanks for uh... thank you Lee <laughs> so that was, that's why I do it yeah. it's just it's to make you it's to entertain you well you specifically I appreciate that I love to be entertained <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's it. And we'll see you in our next major disaster. Bye. Bye.